Welcome, Wildcats, to another episode of the Weber State Weekly Volleyball Show. We're a member of the Big Sky Podcast Network, and I'm your host, Colby Peterson. I hate to tell you, Wildcat fans, but this will be the last episode of the Weber State Weekly Volleyball Show for this, this season, the 2022 season. So uh, kind of a bummer, but we're going to talk. We're talking volleyball at least one more time. And to join us to do that, we have returning to the show, Jessica Euler, fresh off the road, took the trip up to Bozeman once again on Saturday and obviously didn't work out our way did not but we got close there at the end and it was a driving adventure so you know <laughs> jessica's always up for driving adventures and she had one i know she went to yellowstone as part of that too it was just mm-hmm. what a trip yep and then also returning for uh to talk some volleyball with us we got david moore uh david's been if you, if you folks haven't noticed david's been putting his insights on wildcat volleyball into the weber state fans facebook page or facebook group so if you're not in there Obviously, nights are going to end tonight because there's no more volleyball. But when they return, that could be a great spot for uh, you to read David's insights. So, David Moore, thanks for taking some time, man. Oh, thanks for having me. Hopefully, we'll get a game or two in spring and uh, we'll uh, go check those out, too. That's when I got to see Rose Moore play. Really want to see Rose Moore play, but uh, yeah, mm-hmm. spring ball will be there. It'll be a probably just a little short little slate of games just to kind of work out some things. And so, yeah, we'll be talking about those when the time comes. But on tonight's show, we're going to talk a little bit about how things went uh, in the first round of the NIVC. So if you didn't know the Wildcats, um, they they fall three to two in the first round of the, of the big sky tournament to Montana state. Once again, annoying. And so, um, but they did get the NIVC invite. So first round, they went to Wichita to face Drake. So we'll talk about that match. Uh, then we will also talk about the future of wildcat volleyball. What, so what now, what do we, what do we do? You can probably guess that, uh, things didn't go the way we'd hoped against Drake. So we'll be looking at the roster, talking about some of the additions. We, you know, signing day has passed. So we know who's coming in. Kind of the folks that we have, and uh, there may be some additions, but uh, right now roster looks pretty set. So we'll talk about the future, and then um, yeah, and then I'll uh, I'll wrap it up. But before we get into all that, I want to encourage everybody to subscribe to the show, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. Tell your friends and Wildcat family members, hey, there's this podcast called Weber State Weekly, and they talk about Wildcat sports every single week. So tell them about us. Also tell them to follow us on social media. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all good places. So if you're on any of those and it's like, you know, I don't like Facebook, but I'm an Instagram person. Guess what? Weber State Weekly is on Instagram where you're like, no, 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 no. Twitter is the place for sports. Good news. Weber State Weekly is on Twitter. So tell your friends, let them know. Weber State Weekly exists out there. Follow us on social media, the folks who are spreading the good word. And so, uh, yeah, um, all good places. And then patreon.com. You can go to patreon.com slash Weber State Weekly. Become a patron. Support Weber State Weekly. Help us grow. We want to do the thing. So thank you to our patrons who have allowed us to grow. We hope to have more of you. And we hope to continue to grow. And um, man, just continue to put out content for Weber State fans wherever they may be. So, all right. Now, let's talk about the first round of the NIVC. Like I said at the top, Wildcats uh, had a rough go against Montana State one more time in the first round of the Big Sky Conference playoffs. Uh, it was just another tough loss in five. Bummer. Obviously, you know, we didn't do a show that week. It was a little bit busy. Didn't make it happen. So, But yeah. a lot better than uh, what happened during the regular season. Yeah. You know, to take them to five. Yeah, much more competitive, right? But just yeah. once again, coming up just a little bit short. And I can't decide which is better, right? Do you want to come up short 
or do you want to get blown out? I, I don't know. I think you want to come up just short. Yeah, oh, man. It, it just feels so much more painful in some ways. Cause like I was right there and it just, mm-hmm. but uh, there so- are some uh, races in, in Italy where, uh, uh, it's not so bad to come in last place, but whoever comes in second gets hated on by their community. <laughs> oh, it's like second place is the first loser. Like, uh-huh. oh, brutal. Well, so like we said, the Wildcats took the trip. They got the NIVC invite just like they have in previous years. If you remember that last season, Wildcats uh, playing the NIVC all the way up to the quarters, I believe it was against UTEP. Um, so quite a run there. Uh, so not a, not a tournament that Wildcat fans are unfamiliar with. And so in the first round, they get the runner up in the Summit League, which if you're a Missouri Valley Football Conference fan, a lot of the MVFC teams play in the Summit League. And so Drake was one of those and they were the runner up. So the Wildcats get them in the first round. Um, David had a really good point. David, talk about the RPI in this one, because it was really it was quite a gap. Right. The match was much closer than I think the RPI uh, led on. Yeah, if you look at um, the the RPI rates, all of the um, uh, the volleyball teams based on head to head meetings, and uh, out of the NIVC uh, entrance, um, you know it's the it's a it's people that didn't make it into the NCAA, so. If by some freak chance, the very top 64 teams made it into the NCAA and then everybody took the NIVC invites that they got, you'd think that it would be like the top 96 teams or or teams 65 to 96 that would be in that NIVC. Yeah, it's just like, um, hey, these are the but, next best ones. Put them in this tournament. Right. But that's not really the case. Um, (laughs) That's how it works. um, You know, some of the lower ranked teams are going to win their tournaments and make it into the, um, into the NCAA, like Northern Colorado was only ranked 89th and may, you know, but because the big sky was relatively weak this year, they got in. Yeah. So that knocks some teams out. Well, but the conference champion gets the auto bid into the NCAA tournament. That's the way it works. In right. A lot of which is, which is completely fair. You know, if you can win that tournament, but um, of the teams in the NIVC, uh, Drake had an RPI of 62. So nominally one that could have made it into um, the NCAA and they're the second highest rated team in the NIVC, whereas uh, um, whereas Weber was pretty near the bottom at uh, what at one forty five, you know. So there were so this is a much more challenging NIVC than than before because we're lower rank. We're facing the second best team um, in the tournament. And you look at that on paper and say, oh, all of these other teams turned down the opportunity to get blown out by Drake. And yet Weber took it. (laughs) Uh, Are they are they just going there to suffer? You know, and so uh, squinting a little watching the screen as the game starts. And man, Weber just rolled in that first game. They they rolled even better later, but it's like oh no, uh, 
RPI says something, but it doesn't say everything about our team because they totally belonged on that court. They totally took it to the uh, to Drake and uh, and got to match point a couple of times. So yeah, so I thought they performed really well. Anyway, did uh, you want to talk more of the details in it? Yeah, so let's talk a little bit about that first set. So uh, Jessica Euler, the offense looked incredible that first set. They had 19 kills on 48 attempts. That's a 313 hit percentage, man. Uh, looked great. And so um, but things slowed down a lot after that. The offense wasn't nearly as potent following. And so I wanted to I wanted to you know get your opinion, and then we'll go to David. What, what did you think Drake did to knock the Wildcats off their game? Because they, they came out hot, like David said, that first set was just... All things were firing, you know, like this was the, this, this team looked like, man, they are a buzzsaw right now, but things really slowed down, especially in those second and uh, fourth sets. I mean, what did you see that was like, man, oh, they switched that up or like, oh, why'd they move off of that? I was really impressed that first set. The first set, they had the seven and oh run too. Isn't that right? I think they did. Um, Oh, I'll double check myself on a second whenever I stop talking, but they, they just looked dang good. And the first set, I think that Drake is, you know, a little bit of a more advanced team. We can certainly see that with RPI. And so they were able to stay in the game and really, you know, adjust. You could see that they never they they got behind, I think. Well, I'll have to look at it here by quite a few points, but were able to come back um, there at the end. And I think it just they were adjusting to how we were playing. And in fact, we actually played a little bit different than we typically do as well. Um, up at the net, as opposed to, um, just killing it every single time. Occasionally we're just tipping it over the net. So, but it was interesting to watch Drake adjust to us and they just kept their head in the game and were able to adjust to how we were reacting to them. And that was really evident as they were able to come back in that first set because whenever we first started playing, I was like, Oh my gosh, like this is going to be a completely different game than I had imagined it to be. Yeah, it's a good point. Uh, yeah. Like you said, go ahead, David. Um, I, you know, I don't know how much uh, um, Drake really was able to do things to Weber compared to to Weber messing things up themselves, okay. right? I thought that um, Weber's passing of the serve went in and out um, over the course of that match. And uh, okay, yeah, you're serving, but you're you're not serving that much harder. You know, it's not like they switched to to oh now we're doing our trick serves or something i thought it was just trick serves <laughs> <laughs> trickeration from the service line well you can uh you can hit a sky ball serve i haven't seen one of those for uh in recent years but you can try and get it as close to the ceiling as you want or you can um everyone's doing these jump float serves right but uh there were a number of years where you just uh, hit a jump serve and blasted it as hard as you can. And um, the, the problem with that is it goes on a more predictable path. And so as long as you're moving your feet, you can pick that up potentially easier than, uh, than a float serve. That's a knuckleball that um, 
then uh, does not go where it was going a moment ago. <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, I, I saw um, like, uh, I think I'm not sure if it was Northern Colorado or, or Portland state that was in one of their matches in the big sky. And they went to serving all of these really short drop serves that were barely over the net and uh and got back into a match that way uh, they changed their serving up and i i didn't see any of that from from drake i just saw sometimes weber was passing and sometimes they weren't yeah and we'll talk about that in just a second but the passing really um in the second set um it was it, it was problematic but mm-hmm. like we said that that first set i mean it really felt like things were clicking they were playing their game um yeah. and just absolutely dominated and so it was like, wow, okay. Because um, like you said, Jessica, th- this is not a bad team. Drake was 27-7 and seven overall. They were 16-2 and two in, in uh, Missouri Valley Conference play. So, uh, yeah, like the, they, don't, they don't stink. And I know I said, I, I said earlier there in the Summit League, but my, my mistake there in the Missouri Valley Conference, a lot of other Missouri Valley football teams are in the Summit League. But they're in the MVC, 16-2 and two overall, 27-7 and seven, um, uh, Oh, sorry, overall 16 and two in their conference record. So not a bad team. And so when the Wildcats came out with all that energy, it was like, wow, okay, mm-hmm. this is going to be something. But then the second set comes and the second set was a lot tougher. Like you said, David plagued by those passing issues, which then makes it really difficult to run the offense the way that you had in the first set. And so what do you think caused that to happen? Was it more, of an adjustment that Drake had made when they were putting the ball back over onto the Wildcat side of the net, where they were just putting the ball in places that made it difficult to run the offense being, you know, they were being more strategic about where they sent the ball or, you know, was it just uh, mental lapses and just issues executing? Cause we've seen some of that this season as well. Yeah. Um, in game two, um, we were up like, uh, 17, 16, and then it was just the serve receive, you know, on, on seven of eight of the next points. They didn't lose all of them. They didn't shank them all for aces, but none of the passes were accurate to, to where you want. And, uh, and then it was down 1922 and the set was pretty much over, you know, so just that one lapse of concentration, because that's what it seems like it is, is, you know, confidence or concentration or something where uh, the team as a whole will start passing. I mean, they can focus on one passer and try and, uh, and make that person struggle just by wearing them down. But I think it was a mix of players rather than just one person over and over having failures. And I think that's really, I mean, and we've talked a little bit about that this season, but I think that's a sign of a young team. I think that was what we saw the difference in the first and second set when we saw Drake adjust a little bit in that first set to what we were doing um, and staying the game. Whereas when we got to that 17-16 place and we weren't keeping up like David was saying, I think a lot of it started to be, we started to be, you know, um, impacted um, just cause we started to lose a little bit of control and that's where you started to see a couple of errors and, you know, the passing errors and yeah. made a service error in there too, as well. Now it's not our, our young players that necessarily pass, right? We've got Danny and, mm-hmm. uh, and the libero who here was Charlie. Yeah. Um, 
and then usually a defensive specialist in there passing the serves. Yeah. So it so um but Charlie's still relatively. Yeah, and and it is and Charlie is relatively inexperienced. So it is, you know, it is a lot on Charlie and and it yeah. is on Danny going up and down in her passing mm-hmm. at times. And so, uh, like we said, that that kind of gave Drake some life. They were able to get back into the match uh, after a, you know a pretty a pretty good drubbing in the first. You know, it looks close. It's twenty five twenty one in that first set, but it's like, man, you look at those numbers though, and it's it's really not like they just did a great mm-hmm. job. And then and then the numbers flip. You know, Wildcats are competitive in the first in the second set, but Drake gets there faster. Twenty five twenty one. We're all knotted up. So then we go into the third, right? And when you're one one, and the third set means an awful lot, right? Because usually, if you can get that third one, man, you got a really good chance, don't you? And the Wildcats mm-hmm. respond yeah. again. I mean, they they had a great third set. Um, David, talk about some of the adjustments that you put in the chat because you mentioned that you know that Sane came in. Uh, Leona Woodley also had an appearance in that in that third set. Although she was right at the tail end. I thought that the big change in uh, the third set was, and it started some in the second set, is the Weber's block was mm-hmm. awesome. You know, they didn't have that much block in the first set. It was just their hitting was good. Mm-hmm. But then for the rest of the match, they just were incredible uh, at scoring points off the block. And so I thought that's, I thought that was the key factor in set three. And it was a lot of different players, just kind of like what you were saying. It wasn't one player who was good at the block. We saw Bailey and Sane and Emma all, you know, and, you know, just quite a bit of folks we saw up there at the net and it was very impressive. Yeah. Yeah. And and so because of that block, you know, the, the uh, Drake has a really tough time. I mean, they commit 11 attacking errors in this set, four service errors. So that's 15 points right there that they just gift to the Wildcats. Mm-hmm. And so right now in the stats, when you get blocked, it counts as an attack error, right? Right. Right. So I think that was, yeah, you made an error. We stuffed you. <laughs> yeah. You didn't get it around the defense, you know? And so, yeah, they had a tough time getting the ball back over the net. Uh, and you know, when they did, it just, it wasn't working for them. And so what do you think? I mean, cause we talked about the emergence of the block in that set and how it was so critical to the wildcats winning that, that one, uh, they go on to win 25, 17. And so they're up two one, it's looking good. But what do you think was holding the Wildcats back from putting on a similar performance in the fourth set? Because the fourth set does not go as well, uh, even though they have a chance. They have that chance. They're right there on the door knocking, they have their opportunity to close it all out, but they're just missing it. Um, why wasn't the fourth set as dominant as the third set was? Right. Well, What I saw was a pretty even set until it was at 12-10. And then the key thing that we had in that first set was good offense. Mm -hmm. And um, and the offense started to be pretty bad. From 12-10, we got down 13 to 17. You know, so that's a, what, a six-point swing uh from up to 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 down four and then the offense cleaned up a bit we got back even to to 18 all and uh and then the weak offense came back 
and we were down 1821. So when you put Liana in, um, you know, coach was saying that, that she's actually one of our best blockers, Yeah, but she's not very effective in the middle. Um, and so maybe that's um, letting the, the Drake defense focus on the two outsides um, or the outside and the opposite. Um, and uh, when we'd seen sets in the past as the middles have been shuffled a ton of times, mm-hmm. once someone's been shuffled out, they practically have never gotten back in. And this was a time where, okay, they put Bailey back in. Uh, I, I don't know if I had seen that. And, and, um, uh, and I thought that was what keyed um, Weber to go from 1821 down to getting that 24 to 22 lead was, yeah. was okay. Let's put our, our, good offensive player back in the front row. Um, and, uh, and yet it wasn't enough. Um, yeah. Cause like you, know, you said, they had, they a, had a four Oh run right there. Boom, boom, boom. They go out, they go, they're down 22 to 20 and they go on two, three, four. And now next thing you know, it's 24, 22. The Wildcats are knocking on the door and it's like, man, you know, cause they, they're getting production from Sonic Katoa in the middle. They're getting, you know, because of that, the defense is struggling a little bit. So Danny Richens finds some opportunities, but what kept them from getting that last point? Because Drake goes on their own four Oh run and that closes out the set. And it really kind of sets the rest of the, the match for what it is. Yep. And uh, I thought there was one, you know, perfectly ordinary side out that Drake had when they received the serve. But again, the next two points, the passes were off the net. And so the mm-hmm. offense was weak. And so um, uh, they were able to, to get those, you know, it was, it was once again, the passing went down and then they blocked us on that last point. So, um, yeah, you know, you're going to lose that first point most of the time, right? You're going to expect teams to be able to side out, but um, uh but yeah, we'll need to shore up our uh, our serve receive definitely. So then it's all knotted up. It all comes down to five. Like we said, we're playing in the postseason, so it's for you know the opportunity to survive and advance. And the fifth set is kind of a dud. Uh, the Wildcats—they're just—I yeah. don't know—they're just never really in it. And so I wanted to ask you guys, um, Jessica, I'll start with you. Did you think that losing the fourth? affected the Wildcats mentally because in the fifth set, I mean, they just, they had a hard time finding points. It felt like that winning that fourth really gave Drake confidence because, you know, they just kept, you know, just chipping away. They kept getting Weber with these one, two, and then they go on this massive one, two, three, four, five, oh, run in, you know, early in the, in the fifth set. And we're only going to 15 here, folks. So they get a third of their points in that run. They go up eight to two it's tough, right? Cause the Wildcats can't find that run to get back. I mean, how much of that is mental and how much of that do you think is just like Drake cracked the code? 
I, I think it was absolutely a combination of the two. I think after coming out of that fourth set and having two match points and, you know, effectively losing what you had as the match there, I think it we felt a bit dejected. And I think Drake just came out on fire in that fifth set. Um, I think that, you know, even though we demonstrated that we can come back from behind, even, you know, in this game, I feel like after we lost that fourth set, we didn't come out with the same energy that we had. And Drake had all the motivation that they need. Like we, it felt like that, it felt like we never had a chance in the fifth set, which is a little bit different. Right. I was thinking a second ago, I was like, gosh, at some point I want to go back and count how many games we had go to five sets this year. Cause I think it's more, I mean, it's more than I've ever seen. Um, oh, there were but, quite a few, especially with the dominance of the team last yeah. year, where like when they were going, they were going and we were, getting yeah, I don't remember early. how yeah. many times we swept last year. And then to see this many five set matches this year was just crazy. And I think, and you know, just, and I don't know, you know, I think we won one of them. I can't remember off the top of my head, but we get tired in that fifth set and it was here and it, we just never really showed up in that fifth set. Yeah, because there yeah, were a number I, of them. I didn't know, and some, think, some of them weren't. Uh, and I don't think Drake did anything in that fifth set. I thought we had a service error, eight passes that were kind of lame, and a swing that hit the antenna, and we were down 411. You know, it's done. And it, I think it was all on our side of the net. David, I want you to know that like when you're tracking the eight passes that are kind of lame, I want it to be like tally marks on a piece of paper in a kind of lame category. That's how I just imagined it. <laughs> are you going to show it to me? <laughs> I uh, I um, did post-it notes and okay. I decided this time to track the whole match. So, uh, um, so let's see. Where's that... Uh, Where's game five? Here's game five. Yeah. Okay. And it's just me uh, writing down what I thought the, um, what I thought the key thing of each point was. Because I, like I, I, I figured uh, I haven't ever done that before, and it's like yeah. I don't want to go back and watch this a second time. So I'm just gonna gonna write it down as I go to to see you know what I thought the key was on each point. Yeah. Awesome. So, like we said, set five, not to be, the Wildcats ultimately fall. So, I but think that... it's so great to have this experience with a young team, 100%, right? 100%, like right? A, a oh, postseason yeah. matchup, young team, and we did dang well. I think that there's a lot of, like, motivation that can come in the conversations after this. So, I'm really glad that we had the opportunity, even though we lost in the first round. Yeah, because yeah, if you would come to me out. to say, hey, the Wildcats are going to go to the first round of the NIVC this year mm -hmm. uh, with this roster being as young as it is, I'd have been like, okay, wow. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, and, and they were not ranked that close to the top 96, right? They were, right. They were 46 or 48 spots down from there. Mm -hmm. So it's like, why are you taking this team that, you know, where everyone else is passing this by? Why are you taking this team to go get swept? And it's like, no, we're not going to go get swept. We're going to go almost take those guys down. And that was such a better ending to the season than, than going out in the first round of the big sky. So it's yeah. like, 
I don't know what I'm talking about. The coaches obviously <laughs> know what they're talking about. That was a great choice. So uh, don't take my advice. <laughs> what do I know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's why we play the game, right? That's why we play the game. So last question on this, folks. Um, it, there were definitely moments where the youth of the Wildcat roster showed there was maybe a, a lack of grit, a lack of knowing just how to close opponents out because they had a number of folks who were on the ropes, including conference champion Northern Colorado. There was an opportunity for the Wildcats to beat Northern Colorado at the bank in five. Uh, just weren't able to pull it out. And so closing teams out uh, was a little bit of an issue this year. Um, so how do you think the coaching staff goes about um, working with the team to get that winning mentality and, you know, learning from what they've seen this year and the agony of defeat and what it takes to beat a good team. How do you think the coaching staff works with this group of, of players to come back next year stronger to say like, yeah, no, when we're in those situations, we're going to win in those close matches. What do you think they do? Serve well, I always know what I'm talking about. So I'll, I'll give the advice. Oh, wait a minute. No, I don't know what I'm talking about. So I'm not, <laughs> oh, we just I'm covered that. Give any, you know, that it's like, uh, I know, I know that that's one of the key things that they're, that they're trying to teach. You know, I know the coach is hard on the team during the season. Yeah. Um, uh, did that pay off this year? Mm, not in the tournament, maybe a bit in the NIVC, but it, uh, you know, I don't know. <laughs> I clearly do not, I have no idea what. <laughs> I, I think we look pretty gosh darn fantastic at the net, um, both yeah. with blocks and kills. And so I think in the off season and I last, I think it was last year, maybe it was this year. We talked to Danny about just how much, how'd you get so good at serving? It was practice over and over and over and over again. Right. So I think that um, we've had more service errors this year than we have in the past Definitely. couple of years. Yeah. And yeah. a lot fewer aces. <laughs> right. And so I True. think a lot of it's going to come. I mean, I imagine my head, we're all serving on this side, receiving on the other side, because like David's mentioned a couple of times, we still have room to improve in our serve receive. Sometimes we're great. And sometimes we are just not great. Right. And so I think that as long as we can keep doing what we're doing at the net, that those, those are the areas we can adjust a little bit. Yeah, I mean, because getting beat on the net is such a bummer. You know, it's like, oh, man, you just can't stop somebody. You know, when mm -hmm. like somebody just like, I don't know if you guys remember the match against Bakersfield last year and then the, in the first round of the NIVC. I think I think we played Bakersfield first. Then we played Portland State. We got some revenge on them in the tournament that year. Mm -hmm. um, I can't remember what the girl's name was. She's She was actually a student of my brother-in-law's. So who's was a professor at uh, Cal State Bakersfield. And uh, I was like, he's like, yeah, I know her. I was like, you know her? He's like, yeah. I was like, well, she's dominating tonight. Uh, I can't remember what their outside hair's uh -huh. name was, but she was just having a day. You know, she was just one of those people like she, she can't be stopped. And so you have to, you're slowing down everybody else. And, you know, it's, it's just a bummer sometimes to get beat on the net like that. And it just didn't feel like that happened a lot this year that, like you said, Jessica, the, the, the players playing on the net did a great job of not giving people not necessarily letting people have a field day. Of course, some players were great and they had some big games, but overall it didn't feel like there was just that one player that just was unstoppable that couldn't be dealt with. Right. Um, it felt like the problems were 
on the Wildcat side of the net in terms of running the offense, you know, some bad passing, that kind of stuff. That was really where it felt like the the deficiency was. And I like being in that position, right? Because it's like, listen, if we can handle our business on our side of the net, we can really become a dynamo because we right. know that we've got a good wall. You know, uh, David, you you coined it the wall of Weber, uh, the Weber State Wallcats um, this year. Of Wallcats, yeah. Wall Weber Cat. State Wallcats this year. Uh, obviously, would love to see the Wallcats come back next season, plus the addition of, you know, or the return of a state with, with a good, you know, a good offense being run. Because I think that if those two things can return, I mean, this team showed that, hey, man, we are not that far away from competing with the likes of Northern Colorado and, you know, Portland State, who will be losing a lot of players because they had a lot of transfers in this year. And so a lot of the players that, of course, you could say, well, Colby, they beat us twice. Yes, they did beat us twice this year, but um, a lot of those players will be moving on. And so it's going to look a lot different in in Portland next year. But I think especially in Northern Colorado, that's the team that's totally losing their whole team. Yeah. And so like a lot of things are, in a, you know, the Wildcats are in a good position. And I think this year's showing just shows that like if a couple of things can be tweaked and improved over the off season, this team really has a chance to get really ahead of schedule. Cause we talked about this all year about how the, all the experience that this young team was getting was going to pay dividends down the road because no, this many fresh women throughout the year. And so right. All of that opportunity was going to pay dividends, you know, later, whether that was going to be next year or the following year, or especially going to those senior years where they really had two honest senior years with, you know, as juniors and seniors together. Um, we might see that start to really pay dividends in their sophomore seasons, right? Where it's just like, wow, plus, mm-hmm. you know, the, the group of sophomores that kind of held down the fort, you know, folks like Charlie Bouquet, uh, Bailey Bodily. And, and so it's just, it's, it's nice to see and Michaela Sorensen, you know, playing a little bit of outside, but also playing some libero. So yeah, man, uh, a lot to like going forward, but, um, overall fell a little bit short. What a bummer. Yeah. Yep. So let's, yeah. uh, let's look forward then and talk a little bit about this roster. Cause I, I want to give some time for us to, to go through and kind of give what we think will happen. And so what, so what now the future of wildcat volleyball of the Weber state wildcats who will return in triumphant f- fashion, hopefully next fall. Um, wildcats losing just two seniors this year. We talked about that opposites, Emma Mangum and Riley Weiner, mm-hmm. but they played the same position and there's not an obvious person to succeed them as opposite. So, you know, David, we talked a little bit about this. Who did you think or who do you think could potentially step into that role? Because the Wildcats signed just two outside hitters in the signing class this year uh, with Ali Wiest and uh, Nana Asiata. Who do you think makes that transition to opposite and kind of fills that role? Or is it a couple of players because you need some depth there? Right. Well, I think the most obvious person would be Ashley Knighting. Um, uh, Her sister played. Uh, and was phenomenal and was phenomenal. It was great. Right. So, um, uh, you know, she got some reps at outside hitter, um, uh, didn't stick in the games that well, but, um, uh, but there were definitely times when the Valkyrie lineup was, was dominant. So I think with the season under her belt, maybe, um, she'll do that. Um, the other, you know, obvious person to think about is, uh, Bailey bodily, um, who runs the slide really well. Um, 
gets stuffed running the slide sometimes, but you know, you know, she can well, when, hit when that move is money, it is money. Yes. Yeah. 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 Knocked a player out of the game for, for a full game. Right. With that girl, she put in concussion protocol. Man. Uh, that was impressive, but not, not that fun to watch. <laughs> um, uh, so I think, you know, those are some obvious possibles. Um, maybe you'd stick Brielle out there. Um, I don't know. It depends who you're, who you're going to leave in the middle. Um, I, I feel like Sane and Kate had a really great connection in the middle. And so Sane is who I would definitely want to, uh, to leave in the middle and not try out at that opposite position. Yeah. Um, I mean, cause she was so powerful. Cause like you said, when, when Kate oh gave her God. those short sets, just, just enough over the, over the net. And like Sonny was already there. Like that ball wasn't coming back. No. Yeah. And, and that's the thing is that, um, setter middle hitter combos have, you know, you're in three dimensional space you have to have some natural feel of where that person is and where they're going to like the ball. And, and, uh, and our best connection I thought was Sonny and Kate, um, you know, Brielle and, and Bailey got a bunch of good hits, but, um, but I thought all of the ones that seemed like they had the, the tightest coordination were with Sonny. So, so I think she's staying where she is. Um, but a lot of options after that. Yeah. Jessica, I'll give you a chance. I mean, what do you think? Yeah, I, I agree. I'd keep Sane in the middle, probably put Bailey outside. Um, and I, I think, see what happens. I'm going to be interested to see as we move forward into this next year. And we, it, the level to which we start to see a solid lineup, I think even throughout, as David says, the Valkyrie lineup, I think we played with our lineup a lot this year and it's going to be yep. interesting to see um, the level to which we slot pet players into positions moving forward and have a more consistent lineup or if this is going to be, you know, a different coaching strategy moving forward. Right. Um, so is this, I, I thought our, I thought we really missed Ryland this season Yeah, that our, you know, that we had young, outside hitter in yeah. in Ashley and that that it would have been awesome if she could have played outside all season and Michaela uh, could have been playing libero mm -hmm. and um, you know they pulled Michaela out of the libero spot to to play outside hitter um, and then and then Sometimes Michaela was struggling at outside hitter. Sometimes Charlie was struggling at libero. Um, and so that, that was why we were constantly shifting that position. Right. I mean, how many times did the, did the shirts change? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, A lot of costume change. Yeah. For Michaela Sorensen this season. Yeah. yeah. That, Mo that Montana state game uh, was interesting because uh in the in the big sky because i was watching um charlie had had a really rough game one game mm -hmm. and it's like okay i i don't think charlie's you know they started hiding her in service receiving it's like okay she's not going to be the libero next game yeah. so uh 
Um, so who's going to be the libero? And I was watching the bench uh, to uh, see what was happening. And the coaching staff was all huddled up, huddled up, huddled up, huddled up. And my wife looked over and said, oh, look, Macy's got the libero shirt on. And it's like, oh, it's going to be Macy. And uh, and uh, they're just about to whistle him on the court. And uh, off comes uh, Michaela's shirt and on goes the libero jacket libero shirt right on the bench because oh no it's gonna be Michaela <laughs> so uh a little bit of trickeration you know keeping keeping teams on their toes who's gonna play libero you know, for the keeping Michaela well. on her toes yeah certainly so anyway I I think that uh next year um with having a couple more outside hitters one of them's gonna be solid right it might be um, one of our returning ones, it might be one of the incoming freshmen, but I think we're going to be able to leave Michaela at libero. We're going to leave our, you know, Charlie and Macy at, uh, defensive specialist and, and we're going to have a more solid lineup. I think that's, that's absolutely what's, sh- what's happened. And I know every, Oh wait, no, I don't know. it. (laughs) (laughs) So two more questions here, folks, before we wrap it up. Um, Like you said, David, the the two outside hitters are coming in uh, the national signing day, just a a couple of weeks ago. Now I think it was, but um, Mm -hmm. Ali Weist coming up from Arizona and Nana Asiata coming up from Salt Lake to play outside hitter for the Wildcats. Um, Like you said, do you you feel that that probably means that Michaela Sorensen settles in, settles back into the libero position because there's not a need to have to jump back and forth because of depth? Got a couple more players to play outside so you can rotate through those. You think that's the way it lands? Yes. I think so, too. (laughs) 100%, yes. (laughs) Yeah. Which is good because Michaela is such a talented libero. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, our digging was awesome. Having Kate... As a setter, digging um, does Swiss great Army knife for season. our defense. Yeah, I uh, I made one of my posters last year that uh, was um, Kate as R two D two. Yeah, with all the attachments coming out. Yeah, I mean, she did a lot of things. She had a lot of these like little sneaky moves at the net where you know teams thought that she was going to set and she just whoop. Got him, caught him sleeping, got the ball into the middle of the floor and they weren't ready. Found a lot of points that way. Right. Um, Which is a classic thing. But what, what really impresses me is, you know, every once in a while, the other team will just have an absolute pound shot and Kate will have it up mm-hmm. or it'll be one of these carom shots off of the block. Um, and and everyone else is kind of standing there and Kate's picked the ball up because she's, because her brain works fast. So yeah, she's um, got some skills, but yeah, that brings us on to the setting topic. Yep. So that's my last question. I want to talk about Rose Moore guys. I was so bummed that we didn't get to see Rose Moore. She had some injury issues this year. And I think they might've redshirted her. So highly they recruited did. setter Rose Moore, uh, which was kind of a bummer. Uh, but I'm hoping that we get to see her next year, that uh, we see her back at Club Swenson. And um, what do you what do you what do you expect from her next season? You know, now that she'll have a full offseason to heal, um, get more familiar, because the setting position is tough because you are the quarterback. Not only do you have to go out there and play, you got to run the offense and you got to know what's going on. And it takes time. And so Rose will have that time 
to continue to work. She you know, worked with the team this year, but um, that's just more time for her to get accustomed. And so we'll have a little bit of duality in the setting position with Kate and with Rose. What do you expect from her? Do you think that she's going to come in and make an instant impact or do you think it's going to be a little bit more gradual next season in spite of all the time? Well, uh, I mean, one interesting thing is she's six foot, right? So she's uh, a, a nice, you know, it's nice to have a tall setter because that gives mm-hmm. you good blocking, right? Yeah. But Kate had a ton of solo blocks this year and it makes, and and Kate's such a good volleyball player. Mm-hmm. It makes me wonder if they're considering running a six, two offense where you have two setters okay. and you could actually, um, you know, leave both of them on the court all of the time, uh, because they both play well in the front row. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it's not it's not the popular offense these days. You want one quarterback as opposed to. I mean, you know, unless you're Montana State and you're throwing out these dual quarterback right. sets where your guy can run and it's a freaking mess for right. the defense. Hey, right. right? Ouch. Right. Or uh, or Taysom Hill for uh, the Saints who comes in and and runs a bunch. Also, shout so, out to my guy Shahid. What a game for Shahid on Oh, yeah. What a game for, for our guy, Rashid Shahid. But uh, yeah, I, I agree with you, David, that um, you know maybe there's an opportunity to have that two-setter um, system and you know maybe that alleviates some of the pressure because it's like, listen, it could go here. As long as it doesn't cause confusion, right? Uh, knowing who's going to do what and you know what their role is in that, in that system. But yeah, uh, either way. Love to see Rose more back in a Wildcat uniform. Would love to see her on the court because, you know, missing her this year, I think was such a bummer because she was so highly recruited. I uh, got a little glimpse of her in the spring last year, David. And, you know, you, you had nice things to say about her play then. And so it's just like, man, I cannot wait because that's, I think that's the thing that's just holding this Wildcat team back, you know, just getting comfortable running that system the way that they want. Ah, that, I mean, the outside talent is there. The middle talent is there. We've talked about it all season. If we can just get the uh-huh. ball in the right spots, defenses are going to sweat. And it was um, when uh, when Kate was playing last season, right? Um, they would do a double sub when Ashlyn was in the front row. They would pull Ashlyn out of the front row for a hitter and um and sub in kate uh for whoever was playing back row right um and i don't know when you've got a six foot tall um when you've got a six foot tall uh setter if you do that i'm wondering if kate still wins the starting setter job I mean, she obviously maybe, has the advantage, right? She has the advantage. Right. Uh, maybe the times that you sub rows in is not in the back row for taking out the opposite, but you sub her in for Kate in the front row. So now that you, now you have an even taller setter and blocker, um, you know, late in games. So that's be nice to have it, it. It might be something I, I don't know if they're, you know, if you've got the two players, are you, are you using them both? Or, I mean, maybe, maybe Kate 
could end up at Libero or something. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. Um, but um, great. It's hard to keep. It's hard to keep Kate off the court, but her hands are not brilliant, and so um, it would. I, I, you know, I don't. I haven't seen Rose play enough to know if she's got those natural soft hands. Like, like I said, I think Kate's their best player, but not so natural a setter. Uh, so it's a weird position. Yeah. Well, a lot to look forward to, Wildcat fans. So, like we said, there will be some spring volleyball coming up. So keep your eyes peeled for that. And um, if you want, if you get a chance, go and check out some of those matches. I'm sure they'll be great. Uh, but you know, this is it for our volleyball coverage for the not the the fall 2022 season. Want to thank you, Jessica Euler. Want to thank you, David Moore, for taking time to hop on and talk volleyball with me week in and week out. Really appreciate both of you for doing so. And so uh, I'll wrap up the show. Email us, WeberStateWeekly, gmail.com, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, like I said at the top, and, of course, the blog, WeberStateWeekly.com. Uh, um, of course, Coach Jay Hill left uh, the, today, and so we'll probably be putting together a nice uh, blog post to uh, you know wish him well and talk about all our thoughts with Coach Jay Hill. But we'll wrap up the show like we usually do. Weber State, Weber State. Great, great, great. Great, great, great. <laughs> great, great, great. Ah. Go Wildcats. Go Wildcats. <laughs>